get your Bible, turn to the book of Acts. I'm beginning a series today that will last today and for the next five weeks. And it's called Reach Chapter 2, Part 2. I told you two weeks ago that today I had a huge announcement that I was going to make, and I'm going to make that here in just a little while. But it's all part of, of this second phase of where we're going with this REACH campaign. But this is a big day for us as a church because, um, as we said, this is the conclusion of phase one, the Be the Difference campaign. But it's not the end of REACH just very quickly uh, to get to build a foundation where I want to go with this today. I don't know how much preaching I'm going to do. I know I'm going to talk to you a lot. I feel like I need to explain some things to you and you need to have an understanding of where we're going. And so I'm just going to slow things down a little bit and be real intentional today. But to lay a foundation for this, over this last year, uh, for those of you that, that may not be aware, when we talk about Reach Be the Difference campaign, it was a one-year in-house uh, stewardship campaign where that we raised, uh, we, we don't know for sure, it's not all in, but it, but it looks like you know the goal was 225000 and it looks as if all of that is going to come in, 225000 maybe even more, uh, and with that those finances came in above budget, so that we could build this canopy that's out here in front and so that we could remodel the youth facility. It, was, it had not been remodeled. It had been there for 13 years and had never been, never been really touched. And so uh, we have a state-of-the-art sanctuary in the youth facility now and a lounge. Uh, it is a really neat facility. If you haven't been over there to see, you should go and look at that. But we did all of that without without borrowing one penny and without paying one dime of interest. That's why when we talk about reach, we get so excited. Last year, I, when we started that campaign, I had preached a series called Reach, and I, and I talked to you about what reach meant. It was an acrostic and how we are doing ministry at this church. We're going to reach with relevance, excellence, authenticity, compassion, and do it in good health. And that, we've, that we gauge things that way per our six... Ease as well. Uh, and so we have come to the end, the completion, nearing the completion of that phase of it. But, but we know that, that reach still works. We still want to be relevant, excellent, authentic, compassionate, healthy. We still want to do all those kinds of things. And so we, we want to continue to reach. We want to reach further. And so this series is how we're going to do that. We're going to be talking today and for the next five weeks about how we're going to implement the second phase for this next year and what that's going to look like and what we believe the Lord is going to do as a result. I'm very excited about it. I, I, uh, I'm, I don't act as excited as I used to when I was younger. I, I, don't, I don't move around and get as excited and make as much noise as I did when I was a kid getting ready to get on a, on a roller coaster, but I am excited. And I think that you will be too. Uh, I want to say to you before I move further, I would like to ask you to join me in the REACH endeavor. The financial part of it is going to continue. The statements are over. The campaign is over. We're not going to do that part anymore. 
But several of you and I have talked and have, and we have agreed we're going to keep doing what we've been doing because we like the way the Lord's been blessing us personally. And we like to see the way that, that those finances are changing our church, the face of our church and allowing us to do things we do. So I'm going to be quite honest with you. Unless the Lord speaks to me like he did last time, I'm not going to give as much this year to reach as I did this past year, but I'm still going to give. You say, why aren't you going to give as much? Because I don't know about you, but we did that sacrificially. And I know that a lot of you did the same thing. It was a sacrifice. But I learned the blessing of that, having been through many of these campaigns now again. Uh, wow, it, it's amazing. I'm not going to go into it. But the way that the Lord has blessed Deb and I and our family as a result for being a part of this, of this and being obedient. He told us to give a certain amount, and we pledged to do it. With the beginning of it, there wasn't any way. I mean, there just wasn't any way we were going to be able to do it. Uh, but a little bit here and there. I mean, every time the Lord would provide something else, I didn't know was coming. Man, it chipped away at it, and here we are today putting that last check, and it feels really good. I'm excited about that. And I am going to continue to give toward reach because of what reach accomplishes. And I want to ask all of you to consider joining me in that endeavor, even though it won't look the same as this last year. I'll, I'm not going to, we're not going to do some of the things we did, but I, but I will still be talking once a month about reach. And that'll be the day that you can that you can decide to give above and beyond your tithes toward that project. So I want you to consider doing that. I, I also wanted wanted us to to just take a moment. I don't think we. I've, I've been accused of being one that never celebrates victories. I'm so task oriented that as soon as we that we accomplish something, I'm like, okay, what's next? And I had a I even had a, a pastor in the past that told me. He said, D. He said, you know, you, you like to win. He said, you like to win, but you don't ever celebrate the victories. He said, you win, and then you want to know what's next to win. And he said, you don't ever celebrate the victories. And I thought it'd be neat today just, take a, just to take a second to, to acknowledge uh, what a huge accomplishment that is that the Lord has shown us a church of our size of what we can do when we put our minds to it, guys, uh, to, to, to be able to give above and beyond our normal giving $225,000 in one year Without manipulation, it wasn't this huge manipulative type deal, but just out of a spirit of generosity and and an excitement in doing so, we raised $225,000. It shows us we can do that when we need to, that we could do that and we could do more if we have to, uh, if we're obedient to the Lord. And so I wanted to thank the people who were on that committee because there were several people that worked alongside of me to get that done. And I, I just, I have a uh, I just want to thank them, to thank uh, Angie and Christina and, and Jonah, wherever Jonah Lilly is, and Dan Pianalto and Robert Falsanelli. And uh, there, there were just several people that sat on that committee and helped us get where, where we got. And I, I want to just take a minute to thank them and to celebrate uh, this victory. So if you would, I'm going to put the mic down and we're just going to clap. We're going to give the Lord a hand clap of praise and we're going to let these people know we appreciate them for their service. Amen. I may not cry and and uh, and dance around a lot, but here here is the celebration of the victory. We won. We did it, and I like that. Winning is better than losing. I played sports my whole life. I was always taught you got to be a good loser, but I'd a lot rather be a good winner. I've done both. I've been on some good teams. I've been on some really bad teams. I always had more fun winning than I did losing. So you can enjoy the losing all you want. 
I'm going to go ahead and take the winning team. Somebody say amen. Some of you are like, I just don't think that's politically correct. We teach our kids to be losers. I'm going to teach your kids to be winners because I believe that that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to excel. He wants us to live abundant life above and beyond. And we're supposed to be more than champions, more than victors. And we are victorious. And so we celebrate what the Lord has done and allowed us to be a part of. So we're making a new commitment and we're moving on forward. The text for this next six weeks is going to come from the same place. Since this is reach chapter two, guess where it's coming from? Acts chapter two. Some of y'all are pretty smart. you way ahead of me there. And so we're going to be talking about this newest phase of the mission. Now, chapter 2, I won't read all of it to you, but I just want to give you just a, a, a quick rundown on what's going on. Chapter 2 is where we learn a lot of things about this New Testament church that we're a part of. You, could, you can look at that and follow along if you want. You, as, you, as you scan down through there, you see where that... This is the passage that tells us about the day of Pentecost. This is where believers were first baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoken of the tongues. This is where that came from. Uh, this is also the passage where that at the end of the message, after Peter's been filled with the Spirit, he preaches a message and 3,000 people are added to the kingdom of God that day. This is the passage where that happens. There, there's an infilling of the Holy Spirit's power that that uh, where that Jesus had promised to send the Holy Ghost and and this is where he talks about the last days and prophecies and dreams and visions and an outpouring of the Spirit for the church to do miracles and wonders. And just a side note, it's interesting to me uh, that, and it's something I've been praying about, that, that early on Jesus said to the disciples, he said, he didn't just tell them to go out and preach the message, but do you remember what he said? He said, go out and heal the sick and cast out demons. And it's interesting to me that we are really good at preaching the gospel, but we're not as good as healing the sick and casting out demons today. Why is that? And then the Spirit said, well, these things come by much prayer and fasting. And I think that, just a side note, I think that there's a whole lot of things. If you understand the area of Capernaum where Jesus was around the Sea of Galilee, there were a lot of people there, but it but it wasn't like, you know, it it, it wouldn't be like, uh, a huge city. I mean, there, there's, there's probably several million people that lived all around that, the sea at his time. And the scripture said that everywhere Jesus went, he healed the sick and he cast out demons, which states to me that there's as many demons out there roaming around today as there were back then, but we don't recognize them today. We call them other things. You still there? He or she just needs to be put on some more medication. That's what we think. We relegate a lot of things that are spiritual. To, we try to make it scientific. But Jesus was recognizing these things for what they were. And everywhere he was going, he is casting out demons. So I've been praying. Lord, I, I, you know, I don't know whether we're in shape for that or not. But we got to get that way. And I've been saying, Lord, prepare us. We're a spirit-filled church. We're going to worship you in spirit and truth. We're going to preach your word. We do see the sick healed, but I want to see more of that. And God, help us to start recognizing demons for what they are and casting them out. Somebody say amen. You say, I'm, somebody say, I'm not coming to this church anymore. They're getting weird. 
You, you hadn't seen weird yet until you see somebody that has been dominated by a demon get set free. And I want to see that. So this is where we get the, this is where this happens. This outpouring to do miracles and wonders. And Peter tells him, he said, you know, he talks about Jesus. He said, all this focus on Jesus, he's the one that you crucified, but he's come back to life. And he's the one that has sent the Holy Spirit, who's now doing these amazing things among us. And he's going to keep doing them until Jesus returns for his church. So I don't care what anybody told you. Whatever God is doing, until he says something different, he's still doing. And the book of Acts did not end. There is no ending to the book of Acts. It's because it's the Acts of the Apostles. It's not just the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It's the Acts of the Apostles. And we are functioning in that, still in that time, in that dispensation where the Acts, Acts is still going on, which says to me that God still intends to do the same things today He was doing then. In fact, it needs, the heat needs to be turned up more, even more intense, because as we get closer to the return of Christ, we're going to have more and more demonic attack, and it's happening all over the world. Your brothers and sisters are dying all over the world today at a, at, a, at a rate faster than has ever happened in the history of mankind. And we are being told to quietly be passive, don't say nothing. Boy, I'm going there. There's some schools that are teaching children how to, how to pray to Allah. And how to acknowledge Islam, but you can't read the Bible at that school. Something's wrong with this whole mess. It's demonic oppression. In our own city, guys, in our own city, you went and voted. And your councilman did not care how you voted. And they've come back with a new ordinance... And there is such a, there is such an oppression and a darkness over this city and over this land. I'm not attributing victory to the enemy because we're going to win. But I'm saying right now, he is trying to blanket and snuff out any godly thing that is going on. And far too many churches are just succumbing to the pressure of saying, okay, let's change our bylaws and our constitutions and let's go ahead and legalize same-sex marriage and let's go ahead and, and say it's okay to kill babies and let's go ahead on one thing right after another until it is, it is sickening to a person who is truly filled with the Holy Spirit. But there's far too many preachers and churches that are so far from God that they don't even sense conviction about these things anymore. And we're not going to be that church. And Jesus said, get ready. They hated me and they killed my prophets. Guess what they're going to do to you? And our brothers and sisters are being lined up and beheaded all over the world right now. Little children are being placed in cages and burned alive because their parents won't recant. And we're saying, oh, well, we're okay. It ain't even going to happen here. It's already starting to happen here. It's not time for us to stop reaching. It's time for us to reach further. If the devil wants to fight, then it's time for somebody to stand up and say, let's go. 
for several months around here, those of you that have been here for that long have heard us talk about the storm. We've been, how many of y'all been in the storm? We've been, and I told you when it started, I said, get ready. This is not just about me, but if you're in this with us, the devil's going to attack you. And I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm just telling you the truth. I said, he's going to attack you. I have never had so many manifestations of the supernatural in my life all at one time, all, all ever between, between words of knowledge, visions, dreams, uh, over and over and over and again, the Holy Spirit can keep confirming to me that we're on the right path. I don't say that because I'm better than anybody else. I'm simply saying that the Lord's encouraging me because he knows I need it. But over and over and over, the Holy Spirit continues to confirm things to me like I have never seen before in my life. People, people given, you know, just words over and over and over. It's just amazing. And these people don't know each other and yet they keep saying the same things. They keep saying the same things that there's an enemy who is trying to destroy our church but that the Holy Spirit is not going to allow that, but that we are going, as a church, the Holy Spirit is going to empower us, and we're going to be victorious, and we're going to be a light in the dark. If there is no other light in the dark, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I've, I've got to tell you the truth. I have been envious of some of my pastor buddies who live in some of these other towns where their people are a little bit more sane than the ones in Fayetteville. And I've said it'd be a lot easier to pastor a church where that they were normal. And God said, but I didn't call you to normal. I didn't call you to a light. I called you into the dark. We're going to be a light in a dark place. And we're going to be hated. We're going to be despised. We're going to be made fun of. And guess what's going to happen? The building's going to fill up. Because there's a lot of people in the dark right now that would love to be in the light. When they find out that they can, they're coming to the light. And God's going to save them gloriously and set them free. And we're going to be a part of that. There are people, there are people in our city that would love nothing more than for us to just pack up and move out of town. But we're not going anywhere. Because we can't. This is where we've been called. So get ready. I've told you that before. We've been in the storm. We're still in the storm. We're going to stay in the storm for a little while. The Holy Spirit, I felt, has, has shown me that. That, that th- this season, the chapter in this book is coming to an end. And it's not too far in the, in the future. But between now and then, the heat is going to be turned up even more intense than it has been. And then some of you are like, oh, I don't want to receive that. Oh, my Lord, I don't want to receive that. You don't know what I've been through. I do know what a lot of you have been through. I know what I've been through. Enemies tried to attack us everywhere. Physically, spiritually, mentally, financially, emotionally. Every area where that he can try, he has tried to divide, discourage Anything that he can do, he's tried to do. When he couldn't get, when he can't get to your finances and he's went after your health, when he couldn't get there, he went after your marriage. When he couldn't get there, he went after your kids. He's, he's gonna do everything he can. And, and when that doesn't work, because all the time, if you're like me, all that this done has made me more resolute. I'm just mad now. I told the Lord. I told the Lord a few weeks ago. I told him a few weeks ago. I said, God, the devil's trying to kill me. Because he is. I'm not, I'm not being a weirdo. I'm telling you the truth. I, I, phys- I physically can name an, an instance 
just two weeks ago where he tried to kill me. After I, I prayed that prayer, I said, God, the devil's trying to kill me. And if you let him, he's going to do it because I won't quit. That's what I told the Lord. He's going to kill me because I won't quit. And he's going to have to kill me. Two days later, a tire, a car right next to me. I was one second from being on its fender. I was so close that I didn't just see the tire blow. I heard it blow. And the car didn't just come across. Immediately, the car cut into me. One more second, I was about to pass it. One more second, that would have been me in the guardrail. I watched the guy. I, I hit the other lane. I wanted to stop, but there was a truck coming. There were cars coming. I hit the other lane, and I shot up 70 miles an hour. I just kept going. I looked in my rearview mirror, and that guy fought his car. He hit the side. He hit that embankment, and he hit that rail, and he fought it all the way down there for I don't know how long. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I just saved your life. And I, and I, then I got shook up because usually I go through those kinds of things. Ain't no big deal. You know, you have wrecks and you still, you're I'm driving down the road telling the joke and, and somebody's having a wreck in front of me and I'll just swerve and keep telling the joke, you know, it ain't no big deal. Right. But that time, that time, the Holy Spirit said, I just saved your life. And it shook me up a little bit. It encouraged me. It encouraged me because the Holy Spirit said he was going to protect me. And he did. We, I'm telling you guys, we're in for a battle. I'm not trying to frighten you. I'm trying to get you ready. I'm trying to tell you that where we are headed is important. Not because we're going to be bigger than somebody else or because we're going to say we're better. I'm telling you, the only thing that is going to make us different than anybody else is the thing that I just refuse to turn loose of, and that is our Pentecostal distinctive. I just will not give up the moving of the Spirit in order to grow a church. And God is going to add to the church just like in the New Testament, daily such as should be saved because we are going to make a commitment that we are going to be a place where that people can be set free. And so it's going to grow. It's going to grow. Acts chapter 2 verse 33 says God used his power to give Jesus the highest position. Jesus has also received and has poured out the Holy Spirit as the Father promised. And this is what you're seeing and hearing. And listen to the response of the people. When the people heard this, they were deeply upset, and they asked Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? For the next six weeks, I'm going to tell you what Pete said they needed to do. And it's all going to come from verses 38 through 47, specifically today. Our, our specific text today is Acts chapter 2, 38 through 40. Peter answered them, all of you must turn to God and change the way you think and act. And each of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins will be forgiven. And then you will receive the Holy Spirit as a gift. This promise belongs to you and to your children and to everyone who is far away. Guess who you are today? You are everyone who is far away. This promise belongs to you. It belongs to everyone who worships the Lord our God. And Peter said much more to warn them. He urged, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Today, I want to talk about the command. 
the command. We, we, we don't have a choice. We've been given a command from the Lord. The word command means this, to give someone an order or to tell someone to do something in a forceful and often official way. We have been given an official command by Jesus himself. The, one of the last things he said before he ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father is found in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And Jesus said to them, so wherever you go in the world, tell everyone the good news. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe will be condemned. Well, what's the good news? That Jesus loves them and wants to save them. That is the sole purpose of our existence and the church. The command that is given to us is this. You must be born again. The command is, the good news is you can be saved. The command is you have to be. And then the command is second fold. You have to be saved. And then once you're saved, you have to preach that good news so everybody else can be saved. That is the mandate of the church. Although I love our programs, we are not here. Our, go- our mission and purpose statement is not to have the best children's ministry, youth ministry, College ministry, I want all those things to be excellent, right? Relevant, excellent, authentic, compassionate, healthy, all those. I want all that to be. We strive for all those things. But our sole purpose for being here is we got to get to heaven and we got to get everybody else there with us. It's that simple. So we do what we got to do to make that happen. Whatever that takes. It's the command That Peter was preaching there in verse 38 through 40 that we just read. This summer, in end of July, will mark mine and Deb's and Heather's and Brad's 22nd year as the pastor here at Trinity. 22 years coming up in, in another month. Two years before we came, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. 24 years ago, he told me three things. He said, you're going to go to Fayetteville and pastor. You're going to have a ministry that reaches the campus of the University of Arkansas. I had no idea at that time, guys. I don't say this in an arrogant way, but the Lord has given us an opportunity to reach a campus. And and for, for 10 years... Uh, for 10 years, I was the chaplain for the Razorback football team, traveled all over the United States with them, bowl games and the whole works. And the Lord gave us an opportunity through that ministry to start college ministries. And they're still strong today. It's called the venue now. And there are, there are more than a hundred people in that, in the venue ministry right now that are in small groups and in the, in the services and throughout our church. And he told me the number that our church would be. He said, number one, you're going to pastor in Fayetteville. Number two, going to reach campus. Number three, he gave me a number. And I, I, can't, I can't tell you that yet. I want to. It's even in my notes. But I just have a check in my spirit. And so a couple of months ago, probably five months, four or five months ago, I told God, I said, I was remembering that. And I said, Lord, two of those three have come to pass are, and are still in, they're still functioning. But I said, the third one hasn't come to pass yet. And I said, and I want to see that. And I don't mean I want to see it from heaven. I want to see it from this side. And God said, okay, then you're going to have to go to work. I said, I thought we'd been working. 
He said, you're going to have to work harder. You're getting ready to do more. I said, okay, I'm willing. And it was at that moment, guys, I apologize for what's been going on in your life. But it was at that moment that all hell broke loose. You track your life back for the last four to five months. And it was at that moment that I said, I am not, I am, I want to see it from here. I'm not, God, I'm not giving up. And from that moment on, there has been uh, just an onslaught from hell. Coming against our leaders, coming against our staff, coming against our deacons, coming against our volunteers, all of our, our whole church. So, I remain resolute to that, even if the rest of you say, this isn't good. I don't want to be a part of what's getting ready to happen. I'm leaving. I don't like this attack of the enemy. If I'm still standing here by myself come September, I'm going to stand in this pulpit and preach to empty seats. And I'm going to rear back and hit the devil in the mouth of my fist until I ain't got nothing left to hit him with. I've made my mind up. And if the, and if the, and if, if the Lord don't, if the Lord protects me, I'll still be here. If not, I'll be dead because the devil's going to kill me. But I don't think he's going to be able to because the Lord won't let him do it so far. And if I'm still here, this is what we're going to do. Because the command is still valid. I, I don't have any choice. We have to push through this storm. We, we have to break through the enemy's attempts to stop us. We, we, don't have a, we don't have a choice in the matter. He didn't tell us after he saved us, hey, in your going, if you decide to, and if you have a little extra time, would you not mind? Well, every once in a while, tell somebody the good news. He didn't say that. Go ye therefore into all the world and teach all nations. Commanding them to deserve everything that I have taught you. He didn't, he didn't give us an out. We don't have an out. So we have, we have got to be resolute and unified and make sacrifices just like we've done. But God bless you all. I mean, if you've been around here more than four or five years, you've learned to make sacrifices. We've done it lots of times. When this building burned and we had to rebuild... I mean, over and over and over, we have had adversity and the the enemy tried to to destroy our church and burned our building to the ground. And God gave us this one back. And 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 we had a three million dollar insurance policy and they ended up giving us three million one hundred thousand. We got one hundred thousand dollars more than we even had policy for because God was so mad at the devil, I guess, for what was going on. And and so we ended up with this building. We've been through adversity. And we've been through a lot of a lot of things that that uh, I would rather call additions. I think people are better at accepting additions than they are change. Don't you think? And you say we're going to add something instead of we're fixing to change. You say change, and people are like, "Hey," we say we're going to add something. We're going to make some additions. And our newest addiction. You think I messed up, huh? Maybe it's just mine. Our newest addiction is to the victory through the storm and to seeing the souls come to Jesus. I want to see our church grow. I I have asked the Lord this year to give us 300 new people. And if everybody were here today, it's summertime, guys, but if everybody were here today, you know, on Easter, there there were... 
close to 800 of us here Easter Sunday. And we were completely maxed out. Uh, if if you drove in here today, you saw the parking lot. Even 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 the way it is, you know, if you if you have uh, several hundred sitting in here, then you've then you've got a Hispanic service across the parking lot with seventy five people in it, perhaps, and you've got one hundred and thirty children in the back right now. And you start adding that up, and there there there's a lot of people here today, even with the seats looking like they do. But on a on a Sunday in September when everybody gets back, this place is going to be packed out. But we'll never know because in August we're going to go to two services. The first Sunday of August we're going to start having two services every Sunday morning. This we already you say well I thought we'd do we we already have a Friday night service we already have. Uh, Sunday morning and a Hispanic Sunday morning and a Sunday night. We already have, but I'm talking about an, another service like the one that we are doing here today. We'll be doing that twice. And some of you are going to think when that when that time comes in August, you're going to roll in here that first week and you're going to look around and say, oh, my lands, what was he thinking? Uh, here we are in the middle of the summer. Everybody's gone. He split the congregation in half. They've lost all their momentum. He's a nut. But... I would rather attempt to do what I feel like the Lord has told me and fail than to live with the repercussions of not trying. So I figure that when we get done, there'll be some that are going to complain and whine. But when we get done with all that, God adds 300 people to our church in this next year, and you split the 150 up into each one of the services that we're going to start, and it's going to, it's, we're going to grow. We're going to grow. And we're grow and we're doing we're not doing it for the number's sake. We're doing it because God is amassing an army that will take a stand and be light in a dark place. That's what is going on here. And I'm asking you, I'm asking you to start thinking about this because we've been hitting around at it for a long time. We've been looking at days where we knew it was necessary. And I'm gonna be asking you. I'm 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 going to be asking you to pray. I mean, right now, I, I, I'm asking our our prayer team leaders to start organizing. I want them to start organizing um, uh, prayer. I, I I want I, I we're going to have a sign up sheet out here for people to be signing up. I'm asking you between now and the first weekend in August, August second. I'm asking you, will you make a commitment to pray? Because the enemy is going to come against us in every single way that he can between now and then. He's been doing it ever since Ever since I committed to going down this road. He has been attacking all of us. And between now and then, it's going to be a major fight, a major fist fight. And I want you to be praying. Why do we need to go to two services? Well, we can't grow if we don't. If God gives us those 300 people, we don't have room for them even in here today. I mean, we don't have 300 seats in here. No way. Our children's children's wing on every Sunday is basically at full capacity right now. Our parking, there's people parking off campus right now. There's probably cars today that are parked in other lots that walked in. Because we've asked some of our leaders and stuff to do that over the time. We, we do not have the parking. We do not have the children's space to grow anymore. I mean, on a big Sunday when everybody is here, there might, be a, there might be a few seats left in here. And we could grow a few more. But we can't get those 300 that God is sending without doing that. we got to do this.
And so I'm going to be asking you to pray. I need you to pray. I'm going to be asking some of you to make some strange commitments. I'm going to be asking some of y'all to, you know, times of the services are going to change, obviously. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be asking some of you to make commitment to, to come to an early service and some to come to the later service to make sure that they're both, that there's people in both and they look, I'm going to ask some of you to come to both services. And listen to me preach the same message twice. For how long, Pastor? I don't know. Through the end of the year. I I want to seed this thing with faith and with sacrifice. And I'm going to ask you all to pray and give and attend two services. I'm going to ask you to work one and serve one. I'm going to ask you. uh, I'm going to be asking you to, to, to just help with this because... If you will join me in this within a couple years, you're going to see the way that the Lord blesses. And and the momentum may be as such that within a couple years, I may be asking you to do it again so we can go to three. Some of y'all don't have that kind of faith, so I'll just keep it at two right now. But I can see I can see some things because of what the Lord told me a long, long time ago. So he's never lied to me, so I know what's going to happen. I, I already know what's going to happen. So I'm going to be asking you to do that. There's three things, three points. You say, are you just now getting to the points? This is it. Number one, we have to reach further. Number two, we have to pray specifically. We've been hearing that word over and over. Number three, we have to expand intentionally. That's our command. That's our command. That's the command that we're being given. The only thing I'm asking you to do today, other than start thinking and praying about this, is I'm going to ask, this is all I'm asking today. How many of you are going to bathe this decision and this move in prayer for the next five weeks? If you will, would you stand? Would you stand? If you'll do that, will you pray? If I'm not asking for your money this morning. I'm asking how many of you will commit to pray? And I want you to stand. Stand up. Keep standing for a minute. Because I want the devil to see this. If he wants to come against you, then he's got to come against all of these two. If he thinks that he can win against this, he's a nut. You've heard it lots of times, but there's a scripture that says greater is he that's in us than is in the world. And God is raising up in some of you right now an excitement. You know, there's a few late adapters that are like, ah, and it's going to take you a few weeks to get on board. That's why it's a six-week series. By the end of six weeks, we're going to have all of you. But some of you today are ready to attack hell with a squirt gun. 
I just want the enemy to know that if he wants to fight, we're going to fight. If he wants to come against us, go on. Because we're going to stand together as a unified body. We're going to believe the Lord for this. And we're going to see some amazing things, guy, over the next few years. I want you to mark that. I said I asked the Lord for 300 this year. Not for the sake of numbers, but I told you why. And I want you to mark that. By next summer, by next fall. By next fall. There won't be one person questioning why we went to two services by next fall. Everyone that would question it this August, come this August 2nd, and on the 9th of this August, there are going to be several people standing around saying, what are they doing? But by next August, there won't be no, any naysayers that they're going to be like, oh my lands, they need to go to a third one. And there are, there are, there's hundreds of people, guys, that are hungry for what God's doing here. We're not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. We're not ashamed of what God's doing. There's hundreds and thousands of people that are hungry for what God is going to do. They're going to find out about us. And the city's going, there's a lot of people in the city going to hate us. They already do, guys. They already do. But, but when they find out, when the hungry find out that there's a real place that they can go and get set free... They're going to come, and this isn't going to be a place where we run them in and out. It's going to be a place where when they come, whichever service they come to, there's going to be an anointing that breaks a yoke of bondage. There's going to be a word that sets them free. There's going to be people praying in the altars, having their lives changed. That's why they're going to come. Is they're going to be accepted and received here where they are nowhere else. They're coming. Get your mind right. Start praying. They're coming. These guys have a song for us to conclude our service. And I'm going to ask them to lead that. But when they do, I want, I want all of you in this room that will. I want you just to take a few minutes. It's still, it's still a little bit early. We usually get out just a little bit later than this. And I want you to just take, take some time and fill up these altars. Walk around the back. Sit, stand, kneel, lay in. I don't care what you do, but turn this place into a house of prayer. I want you to tell the Holy Spirit today that you're in it, that you're with Him, that you're in it, that you're not going to quit, that you're resolute, that you're not going to stop, that if, when, no matter how the storm rages, you're going you're gonna to stay in this thing. There, Jesus asked Peter, you're going to leave me too? He said, where am I going to go? We don't have anywhere else to go, guys. This is it. We're, gonna, we're not going to back away. We're going to dig in further. And we're going to get so close to Jesus that whatever the devil does, he's going to have to swing at God to get to us. I love the idea of whenever the enemy comes against me, I can stand behind my big father God, behind his leg, and look around at the devil and say, what you going to do? You got to go through him to get to me. I'm as tired of the battle and the storm as you are. But I don't think it's over. But I have a resoluteness about me right now. I have a, 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 a strength that the Lord has given I probably didn't sleep two hours last night. I'm telling you, I probably did not. But I woke up this morning and I, I feel like I could do this three more times. We're going to take this thing to the devil. We're going to take it to him. We're not going to sit back. We're going to take it to him. And so we're going to get a fight. He won't just quit. But we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to do this and the Lord is going to bless it. And we're going to get to be the ones to take care of a lot of new babies. 
Lots of new babies are coming. I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about new babies. God's going to send a lot of new babies here for us to take care of. All over this building, when these fellows lead, I want you to find yourself a place and remind the Lord that you're in it. And I also want you to tell the devil, I want you to tell the devil, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. You have to kill me. I'm not going to quit. God's going to protect me. I'm not going to quit. We're going to leave this room this morning with that, with that in our spirit. We're going to leave this with that, with, with a complete resolution that we're either going to come through and win the victory here or else we're going to wake up in a better place, but we ain't going to quit somewhere between. Amen. Let's pray.